We welcome you to the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We believe God has a message for you today that will encourage and speak truth to your heart and life. Let's join Pastor Melanie Bertolio as she shares the word with us today. Thank you all for being here today. Um, before I get started, I want to let you know that our pastor is, uh, he's preaching this morning too down in Hot Springs. He and Chapman were at a men's conference down there this weekend and he stayed over so that he could minister to their um, congregation this morning. So we're always, always really glad when he gets the opportunity to, to help allow other people to hear the great stuff that we get to hear from him on a regular basis. It's so so uh, such a blessing to, to them. So that's where he is today. I want to let you know that I'm going to be speaking today, and, and you can just throw up my title if you want to, Susan, because I'm going to be speaking today on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I am going to um, just, just kind of uh, preface this by saying this. I know that we have a church that has a, a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds, and so you may not uh, ha have ever heard a teaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit before. Um, I would encourage you to just, as, as, as I'm speaking, just, just pray, just read the word, just allow the, the Holy Spirit to minister and bear witness for you as to whether or not I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I believe with everything in me that I am. I have sought the Lord and, and I have studied this for many years. What I'm not going to be doing today, though, is this. I'm not going to be telling you why it's okay for us to believe that. All right. We, we've taught on that many times here and we will teach on it in the future again because it's important when you have such diverse backgrounds because we've got people from lots of different de denominations uh, that come to our church, but we've had a lot of people in our church who've come from denominations where they didn't believe that. The Lord has then given them a revelation on the, the Holy Spirit's power to move and work in us today, and it's forever changed their lives. And so I would just encourage you, again, to be listening, to know that if you want the information on why it's okay, we have that, and I can, I can have that for you another time. I can, can print up teaching that we've done on that. I can give that to you. But again, today, what I'm not talking about is why it's okay, why what we believe is scriptural, even though it differs from what some other denominations believe. That's not what we're talking today about. We're talking today about why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and here's what I want you to, to think about, and I want you to be praying about as I'm talking, is this. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, today is your day. Today is your day. And, um, it, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that, that um, being filled with the Holy Spirit is weird and that speaking in tongues is just weird. Well, let's just talk about this. Being born again. I mean, okay, you, if you're born again, if you've been saved, you believe in supernatural things that people who, don't, who aren't born again think are weird. Okay, so, so there's a lot of things to think about when you're, if you're thinking to yourself, no, I just can't buy into that because that's just too weird. I mean, you were born a second time. So, so just don't, don't throw this out. Let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit minister a word to you today. So we're going to be talking through a lot of scripture. 
It's going to be a lot. I don't think that's a bad thing, do you? I mean, I'm just going to let the word preach itself a little bit today. But I want you to go to John chapter 14. And we're going to go through some of this uh, pretty quickly um, because... And not because I'm trying to get through the word quickly, because I don't think we should do that, but I am trying to get you to see a running theme. And so we're going to start in John chapter 14, verse 15. This is Jesus talking. And he says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now that's one passage right there that has some information in it that's crucial to understand that the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is a separate experience from salvation. But again, that's not really the focus for today. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. This is Jesus. And he says, when the spirit of truth comes, keep this in mind, the Holy Spirit, like God, has several different names or descriptive descriptive, uh, terms that we use for him. And you've already heard us talk about the advocate. And now we're talking about the spirit of truth. That is the Holy Spirit. So when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now go to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. This again is Jesus. This is just before he ascends into heaven. And he says, uh, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. These were believers. These were already believers. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking. uh, Hold on, I've lost my place. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now Acts chapter 2. Stay with me. This is is the best stuff. Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Skip to verse 14. It says, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. 
Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you are seeing, what you see, was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And this is what Joel said. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But every one who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 22, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Death could not keep him in its grip. Verse 32 God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let that word just rest on you right now. The Holy Spirit is here. He is with us right now. And he has been preparing our hearts to receive a word. This has been a difficult week. It's been a really difficult week. I have tried to watch the news enough to not be ignorant but I've had to turn it off many times just so that I could pray for Israel so that I could grieve over what's happened to God's chosen covenant people, the apple of his eye. Y'all, we should be grieving over what's happening there. But I thank God that we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope. But it's been a hard week. I mean, we are talking about, you know, in World War II, the atrocities were committed and they were horrific. They were inhuman. But they tried to hide it. Now we're in a, a season where 
where the people who are committing those atrocities aren't even trying to, not only are they not trying to hide it, they're trying to publicize it. They want us to see what they're doing. And it is heartbreaking. And I think that for the first time, um, we are beginning to, to see what persecution really does look like. We are beginning to imagine a day and time when, when we might have to suffer persecution. Maybe not like that. And I pray that we don't. But, but the Bible tells us pretty clearly that as Christians, we should expect to suffer. But here's the thing. It's not the first time God's people have been in imminent danger. Matter of fact, throughout the course of history, in somewhere in the world, God's people have always been in imminent danger. We're just seeing it. That's the difference. All right, that's the difference. But, but people are in imminent danger and atrocities are being committed. But did you know that in the decades that followed when Jesus ascended into heaven that there were thousands and thousands of, of Jews and Christians who were killed. Nero was, was the emperor of Rome in, in, in the decades that followed Christ's ascension. And he was a wicked, horrible, cruel, barbarian of a man. And, and Christians and Jews were, were persecuted Exactly like what we're seeing on television. It's just that nobody, if you didn't live somewhere in that region, you didn't know until much, much, much later. The, the 37 years after Jesus ascended into heaven, the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed, except for the Wailing Wall, which still stands today. That's why it's so precious to the people of Israel. Because it's all that remains of the temple. But, but Jerusalem was burned to the ground, including the temple. People suffered persecution. And throughout the course of history, they have always suffered persecution. All of the disciples, except for John, died a martyr's death. And, and he lived a martyr's life. I mean, he, didn't, he died of natural causes... But he actually lived a martyr's life. He was, was persecuted horribly. The apostle Paul died a martyr's death. He went from being the persecutor to being the persecuted. And, and even though that type of persecution is not something that we've ever faced, and I pray that we never will, it's hard to watch what's going on. And it's hard to not be a little bit fearful but it's important that we have the right response. The early New Testament church, by the way, we are part of the New Testament church. So when we talk about the New Testament church, that's us. But the early church, they had to deal with fear. Do you think that when, when they are trying to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, that, that they didn't have to grapple with fear? 
when they knew that they were dealing with people who were barbarians that they were trying to take this message to? Peter and John were arrested only a few days after the Holy Spirit was given. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to these people, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? They got arrested because they healed a guy who was crippled. Out there trying to do something good, and they get arrested for it. So they said, is that why you're arresting us? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as the men who had been with Jesus. They should have recognized Peter as the guy who was so afraid of being associated with Jesus that he denied even knowing him. But one thing had happened in between that event when Jesus den- or Peter denied Jesus and this event, and that was that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 29, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. You know what they were asking for when they were praying for the courage right there and boldness? Lord, give us the, the, the boldness to do even more the very thing that just landed us in prison. The very thing that just put our lives at risk, God, help us to do it even more. That's what they did in the face of fear. That's what they did in the face of fear. And it says that they preached the word of God with boldness. In Acts chapter 5, I started going through the book of Acts, and I'm just telling you, before long, I finally just had to stop. There's too much to be able to teach it in one single sermon. But in Acts 5, verse 12 uh, through 16, we read that the apostles just continued to perform miraculous signs and wonders and, and healing many, many people. But in verses 17 through 42 of that same chapter, we continue to read about the people who were opposing them. In Acts chapter 7, it says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He had to be. That's the only way he could withstand being stoned to death and saying the very thing that Jesus said on the cross. Stephen said, Lord, don't hold this against him. You can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon people well after they had believed on the Lord and had been water baptized. In Acts chapter 9, we see Saul have a holy encounter with Jesus, changed him forever. He believed. He knew 
that Jesus was the Messiah in that moment. But guess what? A little bit later, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he went on to speak the word of God with such boldness. He, spent, he was in and out of prison all the time. In Acts chapter 9, Peter raised a woman from the dead. And it caused many more people to believe in Jesus. In chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. That's us. If you're not a Jew, you were a Gentile, and we received the Holy Spirit in that. In chapter 12, we learn of the murder of James, John's brother, and the persecution continuing of the believers of Jesus. But in verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, in other words, okay, while all of this great persecution is going on, guess what? Meanwhile, at the same time, the word of God continued to spread and there were many new believers. Guys, we got to get this. We cannot sit around and live in fear. The time is now for us to preach the word of God with boldness, for us to live a life of boldness, for us to, to turn our back on fear. Why? Because we've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us, enabling us to endure anything that would come against us. Jesus said in Matthew 11 that since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing and violent men are attacking it. That is still true to this day. But make no mistake about it. Nothing will stop the advancement of the kingdom of God. But you can do one thing. You can get in on it or you can watch it happen. But you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're going to be a part of what's going on. As you continue to read in the book of Acts, you continue to see ordinary men and women living in very difficult times, operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. They perform signs and wonders and unapologetically speak with great boldness and carry the good news to the lost. And that is still the mandate for us today. Paul was stoned. He was stoned and they thought they killed him. So they dragged him out of the town. We, we, I mean, we're dealing with some stuff, but we've never been stoned to the point that we appeared to be dead. But Paul was stoned to the point that they thought he was dead. They grab him and drag his body out of town and just walk off. And the disciples gathered around him. And when it says when the disciples gathered around him, he just opened his eyes and got up. And you know what he did? He didn't just go, oh, this persecution is just more than I can take. He said, okay, well, let's head to the next town. Let's shake the dust off of that one and let's go to the next place and let's share the good news. Man. That Man. is the mandate. If these men of God had looked at their circumstances and considered their own lives, I'm convinced that not one of us would know who Jesus is. They weren't afraid of opposition because they understood the power and the authority that they had because they were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. I loved what Chapman brought up today. Ask, seek, knock. And, and if you look up the, the, the language, the original language, the Greek, it means to ask and keep asking. He, he read it to you that way. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. 
in Ephesians 5, we're told to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it means to be filled and be filled and be filled and be filled. It's to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you need it. You need Him. You need Him to give you boldness. Power and authority are important to the Christian, and a lot of people don't know anything about it. A lot of people don't have any idea that we have power and we have authority as Christians. Pastor explains authority in a way that I really like. He says, you know, if you think about it like um, having like a church account at like the local hardware store. He, he can send anybody down there to pick something up and they can put something on his tab as the, the pastor of the church. Why can they do that? Is it because, I mean, if I walk in there and say, hey, I'm here to pick something up for Christian Ministries Church and I need to put it on their account, is it because, are they looking at me going, oh, she looks like she can pay the bill, so I'll let her do that? No, it has nothing to do with the person who's walking in and saying, hey, I need to put this on, on, on pastor's account. It has to do with the authority that I am operating under and that they, they know that pastor is good for it. So when I walk in authority, when I pray in the name of Jesus, I am asking under his authority. It doesn't have anything to do with what I'm able to do or have done or could do. It's what he has already done. There are things that were bought and paid for when, with his blood when he died on the cross that enable me to walk in power and authority. That the, the disciples knew that. They understood it. They didn't question it. When they told someone, take up your mat and walk, yeah. they had no expectation whatsoever except that that person was going to get up and pick their mat up and put it under their arm and walk off. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because they knew the authority that they had. Power. They also knew and understood the power that they had. They had authority from Jesus. They had power from the Holy Spirit. What did they have authority to do? They had authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and cast out demons. That's from Mark, Matthew 10. Mark 16 says they had the authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, speak in new languages, handle snakes with safety. I, I'm not going to test that one. Lay hands on the sick. Luke 10 says that they've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. You know, when I was a kid, I used to just be so afraid of the devil. And I now, it, it kind of, it's comical to me now. Because quite frankly, I, I'm not even a little bit afraid of the devil. Not even a little bit afraid of the devil. Because I understand the authority that I have. He has no authority over me. He has no authority in my home. He has no authority over the sphere that I am walking in. Wherever I go, I carry the kingdom of God with me. The Holy Spirit is in me. I have Authority over him. And the power comes from the Holy Spirit. It was promised in Acts 1.8. And the Greek word that is used for that power is, is the word dunamis. And it's, the word, it's what we get the word dynamite from. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit has explosive power that he wants to use that's going to come from within us. Power from within. When you identify with Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit, 
you are inherently powerful and able to do things under the authority of Jesus that you have, we've, we haven't even begun to touch the surface of what we are able to do. And it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. The time is now for Christians to walk in power and authority, to be bold for the kingdom of God. It, the time is now. How do we know the time is now? Because it's always been now. Today is the day of salvation. But the fact of the matter is it's all, the time has always been now. But are we nearer to the coming of Christ than we've ever been? We absolutely are. Do I, do I think it could happen in my lifetime? I absolutely do. And my intention is to be ready and to be found doing the things that Jesus said I could do and that I should do. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe the evidence of that is that we speak in tongues. And there is uh, a lot of, uh, you can read a lot about that. And um, Paul gives us a, some great information about that. In 1 Corinthians 14, it tells us that when we speak in tongues, we are personally strengthened. How many of us would say, you know what? I, I'm really, I'm good inside. I've got, I've got everything all together. I don't need to be personally strengthened. Not one of us would ever say that. We need to be personally strengthened. And it tells us that when we are praying and, and speaking in tongues to, just privately with the Lord, that we are, it is our spirit praying. It is spirit to, to spirit praying. And you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but sometimes when we pray, we don't get it right. We, we kind of, um, we pray oftentimes in such a way that it, it, that prayer goes about right here. Here's why. Because we're supposed to be faith people. We're supposed to pray the prayer of faith. And we pray the problem all day long, so much of the time. Lord, please help me with this, this leg, this hip, this whatever it is. God, it just... It, I've had this my whole life. I don't know how else. To, Lord, I need some money, and I just don't know what to do. Every, every, everything I try just fails. Lord, We're praying the, the problem. But when we pray in the Spirit, it's perfect prayer. You can't mess that up. So it strengthens you, and it gets to the heart of whatever your problem is. I need to be personally strengthened. I need for my, my perfect spirit. See, when I, at salvation, my spirit was made perfect, so it knows how to pray. And so when I'm praying in tongues, I am pr praying that perfect prayer. I need to be able to do that. It changes everything for me. And you can see in the lives of the apostles the courage and the boldness that comes when the Holy Spirit fills you up and baptizes you. When Pastor and Michelle and Rick and I were in Washington, D.C. for the pastor's briefing a few weeks ago, first of all, I'm just so convinced that it was providential. It is, um, it, it's amazing to me that we got to hear from some of the people that we did um, while we were there. Uh, but, but there was one speaker that said something and I, I, that, that just kind of has been seared into my conscience, and it was uh, Josh Hawley who is our uh, U.S. senator from Missouri, and he said this. He said, Christians in America need a baptism of courage. 
And he was referring to the fact that there are a lot of people who profess to be Christians today, but are refusing to stand for what the word of God says. I don't understand it. But there's a lot of people who, who, who prayed a one-time prayer and now check the Christian box who don't stand for what the Bible says. Sadly, they don't even really know what it says. They had a one-time experience where Jesus was their Savior, but he has never been their Lord. And the, this country is overwhelmed with that type of Christian. And they won't stand up and they won't speak truth anymore. What they won't do is they won't say that God ordained marriage. They won't say that God ordained marriage only for men and women to be married to one another. That, I mean, common sense doesn't even make sense anymore. They won't say that God created two genders and that one, you can't be one gender and then become another gender. They will not say it. People who say they are Christians will not say that two men can't be married, that two women can't be married, that there's only two genders, that a, a woman can't become a man and a man can't become a woman. They support this idea that parents don't get to have any authority over the lives of their children. And so they, let the, they think the children should be able to go to school and tell a stranger who doesn't even know Jesus at all, who's going to then advise them on what they should do with their bodies that were created by God. And we will not, as Christians, stand up and say, that yeah. is wrong. Yeah. We call ourselves Christians, and I'm not saying we, but I'm just saying there are so many people who call themselves Christians who ascribe to all of the worldly philosophies. They hear something and it, it just makes sense, except that it goes completely against what the Word of God says. And you know what the Word of God calls that? Those worldly philosophies, it says it's high-sounding nonsense. High-sounding nonsense. I heard someone say this recently. It may have been in here. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out who said it. But um, someone said that, you know, Satan knows he can't defeat the church, so he just joins it. And I'm just telling you right now, when we are dealing with people in this world who will not, who call themselves Christians but refuse to stand for biblical truth, they're walking him in the door every Sunday. Wow. Wow. But here's, but don't forget this. He can't defeat the church. Right. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. Right. And it doesn't matter how many violent men attack it. It will continue to be advanced. We don't even know what truth is anymore and that is the greatest reason that we need the Holy Spirit. We are living in an age of deception. And Satan has been very successful in deceiving even the Christians. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. 
And we need truth in our country. We need truth in this community. I, I, got, I had the privilege of going on Thursday into the Crane School. And I was allowed to go in and speak to um, five or six different classes of junior high and high school kids. And I talked about the Lord all day long. I was there to talk about my profession. And my profession is that I talk about Jesus. That's what I do. And for me to go in there and not talk about Jesus wouldn't be very true to who he's called me to be. So we talked about the Lord all day long. People are hungry for truth. People are hungry for truth. And it's our responsibility to allow that spirit of truth to dwell in us, to baptize us with truth so that we can then have boldness to go out and preach it. We need courage to stand up and speak truth. And I can tell you this, if every single member of this community or of this church only, if just, just the people in this room right now got baptized with the Holy Spirit and began to operate in power and authority that we have, we would transform. N- not Hurley. We would transform the region. There's just too many of us. It couldn't not happen. We would carry the culture of the kingdom everywhere we go if we would just be baptized and be filled and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what I know. Josh Hawley said we need a baptism of courage as Christians. If we get a baptism of the Holy Spirit in in believers, we will have a baptism of courage. We will have a baptism of truth. We would operate in explosive miracle working power. Be continually filled. That's what Paul told us to do. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.